This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, March Madness continues. The Michigan Wolverines move on to the Sweet 16. Michigan State season is over. We'll talk about everything that season is a bust, and we'll talk about what's next for Michigan. Then we get into the Lions uh, free agent moving again. They uh, ended up picking up with Garrett Blunt. We'll talk about that, and if we thought it was the right move and what they can do moving forward to improve their backfield some more. And then we'll talk about the NBA MVP race for who's going to get it. Talk about who are, we think our top pick is for that. All that and more coming up on Unsportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andy McDonald. I'll be your host. And to my right, as usual, Evan Petzold, co-host here. How you doing, Evan? You know, it's it's really nice coming on the show and being able to just kind of hang out and, and talk sports for an hour. You know, you don't really, I guess you don't really think about it. You don't really think about how special it is until you're here and you're in the moment. And and as we were sitting here kind of preparing for, for the podcast, I just thought about all the papers, all the presentations, all the assignments <laughs> that I had to do. Um, earlier in the week, and, and man, like, does it ever feel good just to be able to sit here with you guys, talk a little sports, and just kind of be done with, with yeah. that stuff for the week? That That is just the best feeling. So for me right now, I'm doing I'm doing awesome, man. I'm, I'm ready to get rolling. I agree with that 100%. It's been a busy week for me, driving around everywhere and stuff, so I am just, I'm happy to be here. So, Elena, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Busy week, as, uh, as you guys were saying, but it's an exciting time in sports right now, so... Uh, I can't wait for the Michigan game tonight. It'll be it'll be pretty cool. And then we have uh, CMU girls on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I woke up on last Thursday morning just, like, feeling like it's Christmas. I'm like, man, I cannot wait to start watching these games at noon and everything. And then half my team's lost. And I, then I just kind of, like, got really mad. So Yeah, I mean, Elena, you're you're doing good. And you say you're doing awesome. You're feeling good, all that kind of stuff. But, oh, I mean, no. that, that, that man, D. Wade, is still <laughs> out with an injury. Oh. That hamstring is still beating him down stop he'll come back soon i mean come on give the man a break you know what injuries are injuries man he can't help it yeah you're hurt you're hurt i i know but you know you you think he'd be back sooner than that if he was maybe a stronger player maybe a a better (laughs) a a better player maybe maybe he's not as driven anymore because he's getting older i mean you you, you wouldn't say that to his face so stop saying it to mine that's a burn right there yeah that's a burn what you gonna say back to that (laughs) Let's get on with the show. All right, all right. <laughs> let's 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 talk some let's talk some basketball. We'll start with um, the whole Michigan and Michigan State thing here um, with the NCAA tournament. I mean, I don't know where you guys were at on Saturday, but I'll tell you, I was at a bar, and uh, when that shot went in, that was hands down the coolest moment I've ever experienced in sports with a team that I actually like. Like, I've never been somewhere where like I've had it happen where there's like a crazy play, and you know, you're around a bunch of people and stuff like that. I've never been anywhere where like it actually was a team that I cared about and something like that happened. It was pretty crazy. So Andy I, McDonald at a bar. At a bar. That's where I spend most of my time when I'm not doing my work. Classic, <laughs> classic, so. classic journalist, right? Don't there. don't make any assumptions, guys. But <laughs> that, that is a lot where I, I'm at. Usually I, a dark bar. I was uh same place. I, I don't know where were you. What bar were you at? I was at O'Kelly's. I was at O'Kelly's. I was at O'Kelly's. You know what happened to me though? So like everybody's going crazy. Yeah, like you said, like it was ex- like one of the most exciting. It um, was insane. Like I endings was. in a in a sports game, but. So I, so everybody's like, I'm not very balanced. I have a hurt leg. So I got knocked down and kicked kicked so hard in the head. Like I literally got knocked out. Like, you know, like the football players, like they get hit in a certain way. They go limp. So my friend's like, you just went limp. And then you woke up and she was like, you were so shook. And I was like, oh gosh. But then I bounced back, you know. Did you remember like what happened? I don't remember what happened. I just remember like 
like a couple minutes, a couple minutes after I was just like kind of like kind of confused, and then after that I was fine. So if you were That's sober, insane. would it have been the same? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got kicked really hard. Like I still have a bruise in the back of my head, like for sure. Huh. But. Anyway, for, well, for me, where I was at, I mean, <laughs> I'm 19, so I was at my grandma's house. Oh um, yeah, let's Saturday night in St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I was at my grandma's house. Just kind of, kind of chilling. My girlfriend Savannah was was hanging with me. We were watching the game, and I, I wish, I wish someone could have videotaped it because I don't think two people have ever jumped like jumped so high in their life. I was off the couch, straight up. That that was just amazing. Yeah, I, I've never, I, and I never experienced. I, I think this is the thing too, though. When you look at that game, look at the whole dynamic of that game. Michigan, plain and simple. I'm, I'm going to be honest. They did not deserve to win that basketball. They game. didn't deserve to get out of. Uh, Kansas at no. all. At nope. all. Nope, they did not. <laughs> and, and the thing that kind of blows my mind is, is normally normally you see those kind of buzzer beaters happen when the team is supposed to win. Mm-hmm. You, you normally see it. When the team's supposed to win, and, and they get that break that they needed to, to push through. Yeah, they, I mean, they, maybe they out-rebounded, and they shot better from the free throw line, and they did this, 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 and this better, but they were still down at the end of the game. And then, of course, that team that's supposed to win ends up making the buzzer beater. But... I, I just never would have thought the way that yeah. they played the amount of the amount of inside shots that they missed towards the end of the game, all the missed shots inside. You just never would have thought, and one of those things where it just kind of happened. Yeah, and you you witnessed it and you watched it, and then you watched it about fifty more times on Twitter before you fall asleep because yeah. you still oh can't my believe gosh, that I know you like literally it was like that. And then you put the Titanic music to it. And <laughs> <laughs> that that was a, that's always a popular take. Oh, I know. Way. But I mean, at the same time though, I think it can come from the other way too. Like when you go back to 2013, you think about Trey Burke shot. Michigan wasn't playing good that whole game. Definitely mm-hmm. shouldn't have won that game, but it's almost like they come and like have a comeback. It wasn't necessarily like that for Michigan. I mean, this game was neck and neck. Both teams were going back mm-hmm. and forth. Now, I don't think people are giving Houston enough credit. I think Houston's a good basketball team, and I think that they gave Michigan a fight, and they wanted it just as bad as Michigan did, and they played so uh, well in that first game against uh, San Diego State. I mean, had to have that buzzer, that buzzer beater shot, basically, to win in that game from Rob Gray. But, I mean, they come out here, and they, they, they play great against Michigan, push them to the edge, but... At the end of the game, I think the even crazier part is like, you know, you go back to 2013 and think about Trey Burke's shot. That was the player. That was the guy on Michigan team was supposed to do it. Jordan Poole is a guy that before that shot made one of his last 10 three-point attempts he took over his last five games. So it was just like that kind of a moment for him, I think. Did you guys see, uh, like, they put uh, – he had, like, a shot like that in high school. It looked exactly yep. like yeah, that. It yeah, it did. Yeah, it literally side looked identical. Looked exactly. that, that, was that was great. That was really cool. The description, I think, on the one that I saw was, like, almost identical. I'm like, that shot's identical. Like, that yeah, is like, was that was literally, like, no different. Well, it was, like, the same he, thing. Here, here's, here's my question. Um, my, my question really is if, if Matthews and – and Duncan Robinson, if they both don't have have five fouls and they're both not set on the bench, is he even in in that situation? No, I I mean Beeline said that they wanted to go with like their absolute best shooters in the floor. Now Charles Matthews isn't your best three point, but shooter. Duncan Robinson is definitely your best three. He he wouldn't have been on. I I think that definitely you know Duncan's out there no matter what at that point. Pool though, I don't know. It, that that's that would have been a, it's, a decision. It's and, interesting how things work. I mean, he's like the fire plug of that team too. So for him to hit a shot like that, it, it, I mean, I don't know. The, the scary thing about Michigan is that it goes up and down. It's, it goes two ways. One that you know maybe this team really is just struggling right now, and they ha- or they're not going to be able to find a rhythm. Maybe because they've had so much time off in between these games that it's like they can't be as good as they were in the the Big Ten tournament because they played games. You know. Mm-hmm four consecutive days, four games, four days, win a tournament. This time you have at least a day off in between every game. Now you have a, a, a whole week to practice again. 
maybe that's a part of it. But the other thing is, is they haven't played their potential. They can be so much better. So, like, how far can this team really go? I mean, you look at their side of the bracket, you got Texas A&M who was a seven, or a seven seed against them, but then if Florida State were to beat Gonzaga, I mean, that's a nine seed, and then Michigan's already in the Final Four. So it's like they're technically the highest seed left over in their bracket. Like, what? I mean, really, what are their chances right now? Well, here's my thing. I think Michigan's really one of those teams that sometimes, not not all the time, but sometimes, you you do see them play down to competition a little bit. Not mm-hmm. not not to discredit Houston, not to discredit Montana. Montana's, but, Montana was not a good basketball team. I can tell you that firsthand. Watching that game, that was pretty bad. All right, but 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 this but that's but that's but this is what I'm getting at. I'm not, I'm not going to discredit the teams that they beat or anything. I'm not yeah, I'm not going to yeah, say. I, I, I mean, they made it. Said. They made it to the tournament. They 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 made it there. I mean, I'll, I'll give that they won to their them. Conference and that's something CMU couldn't do. But um, men's basketball. The men's team. basketball team, not the women's. No, but um, but especially when you come off of okay, you play Purdue, you win the the Big Ten tournament on March 4th, then you play your first game against Montana on on March 15th. That's a big break there. That's a lot of time to kind of just chill out. Yeah. And when you're able to beat Michigan State and Purdue, like in, in back-to-back, back-to-back days, days, I mean, and, and then have to sit. <laughs> you're talking about the, the arguably the two best teams at the time, the big time. And then you sit. And then you play. And, and then you, 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 you play and you beat Montana. And then you go into Houston. And not that Houston's not – not that Houston's a bad team – but they're just not as good on paper mm-hmm. as, as Michigan. I think everybody would agree with that. Oh, yeah, that no doubt. No doubt. And if you don't agree with that, I think you're crazy. But, yeah. but I mean, you guys agree with that, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure. I almost think, like, Michigan plays play down to to Houston. I think they play down to their competition sometimes. They did, Houston. but I think that that's just March a lot, man. I think that, that every, yeah. is it, people but is, stay but, close. But, 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 is it, but is it Houston playing better than their potential or Michigan playing worse than their potential? Oof. Because from what I saw... It was Michigan playing worse than their than, than what they should have been playing. Yeah, I don't think. I think that, it goes both ways, but I think I in think, this situation, it was it was Michigan definitely playing down to Houston and not Houston playing up. When you talk Michigan about Michigan didn't like, play at its full potential. There's no exactly, question about and I that. think and I think Houston was more up towards their full potential. Houston, in a way, though, is kind of like a one a one man army with Rob Gray. I mean, he's like their guy. Mm-hmm. He's what they go to and who they look to every single time to score. I mean, when you watch that game over, it's just kind of how it is. I don't think that they necessarily like you know. Played bad. I think I think they played to their max, and I think that Michigan played down to them. That, and that's what so, I'm saying. So I think going into the game against – and you asked me about – you know, you asked us both about how far can this team really go, like now mm-hmm. now that they're, you know, the the, the, the top seed where, where they're at. Um, I, I don't know. It really depends. My take is – so you said Michigan hasn't played to their full potential yet. Yeah. And I actually – I'm glad because it's got to be coming soon, and – you just saw Texas A&M the other night shoot lights out, and I don't think they're gonna have another game like that. I but mean, what if they stay hot that. though? I mean, like you. I mean, they could. Yeah, they could. But I just, I mean, I feel like you have one of those games. You shoot like crazy, and then. Hey, a shot like that can know. change everything. True. It you, can. You saw it can. what you saw what it did when Michigan <laughs> did that with the whole Trey Burke thing. They went out and blew Florida out in the next round when they played. And them. it wasn't even close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't close exactly. at all. So sometimes all it takes is one play like that to be able to change it. Whether it's going to happen or not, I don't know. But yeah, like you said, I mean, but you can just look at all these teams right now, and that's how they're bragging. And they're all just kind of like that. They're all a team that's mm-hmm. like playing hot. They all they all have a a story basically on that side of the bracket of how they got there. That was like kind of almost a crazy way to win, or at least a majority of them do. Little Chicago hit that buzzer beater to win. Mm-hmm. Nevada had a twenty whatever point comeback it was, um, and Texas A and M also had a, a very big win over North Carolina, I mean, beating a team like North Carolina with that many points in your seven seed. I mean, North Carolina was the one team I think that everybody thought was going to be the team that was going to oust Michigan. When they got there, now Michigan doesn't have to play them. But I still think that the length of Texas A&M is definitely going to be a struggle. 
uh, for Michigan tonight. Obviously, we're recording this on Thursday, so they'll be playing tonight. Won't actually know the result, but <laughs> I I just think it all comes Tell down to playing it. down to the competition. Not that Texas A yeah. and M is a bad team because they're not. They've proven that they're not. But does Michigan go into it saying, as long as they don't think of it as oh we're playing a seven seed like we got this, I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They have to act like Texas A and M is a is a Michigan State. They have to act like Texas A and M is a Purdue or an Ohio State or someone that they played in the Big Ten and they've had to focus and get ready for. I, I think you got to look at it that way. And I think you they have will. To. I think they know that going into March, you can't look at any team lightly. Well, I sure hope they do. Yeah. I mean, if you if you don't, then you know you're not taking it the right way. Yeah. So, and, and I think and I think we'll find out a lot a lot tonight. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be the way that that we're gonna find out is is are they gonna play down to their competition or are the guys that that are supposed to step up are they gonna step up and, and get the job done? I tell you what, I think if Michigan does win tonight, I think they. Do lose in the Elite Eight if Gonzaga makes it. I don't think Michigan's going to be Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just I feel like I feel like Gonzaga is a team that every year knows how to f- find a way to get there. I think that's just a tough game for Michigan. But if Florida State were to somehow get that win and move on, I think that Michigan is going to be in the Final Four if they can get past Texas A&M. Right now, I think Texas A&M is probably actually the hardest team left. I think that the length up top is going to just just as a straight up matchup, it's going to be very hard for Michigan shooters to find lanes to be able to shoot, and it's going to be very tough for Michigan to be able to defend those guys up top with shorter guards like Xavier Simpson and. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. So what about what about just the other two games? I mean, you know you talked about Florida State and, and Gonzaga and then Michigan, Texas A&M. How about Kansas and Clemson? How about Syracuse and Duke? I mean. The Kansas and Clemson game is probably my favorite of the 16 left, I think. Because I know uh, last week, you know, I was talking about it when we were talking on the podcast. Clemson's like one of my favorite teams of this tournament. Yeah. I haven't gone all the way to the Elite Eight just because I thought that they were they, they had one of their better seasons in program history and everything. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think Clemson's going to get past Kansas. So that's that's my upset pick. Yeah, I'm interested to see Syracuse round. and Duke play. I mean, I, I think Duke ends up. I, I think Duke wins. Oh, but I, but I but <laughs> I mean, everybody sure. everybody thinks Duke wins. I, I think Duke will win, but I think it might be closer than people think. I mean, I, I think it might. Syracuse plays pretty good defense. and, and Well, defense let's talk gonna, about our other team that we were going to talk about. Yeah, because let's get into that. they ran into a wall, and that's what Syracuse does to you with that zone. They'll, they will make you shoot bad. They'll make your... Team completely changed, and I think Michigan State 100% found it out. And now, I mean, I'm going to offer my opinion right off the bat here at this Michigan State team. I don't think that they've ever played to their full potential since all this since this group has been together, and I don't think that they play well as a team. I think it's a lot of individual superstars, and when you play that way against a team like Syracuse, that'll kill you because their zone completely changes how you run an offense. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to do a one-man army and trying to do a one-man show and scoring them with a lot of isos and stuff like that, doesn't work against a zone like that. It's very, very hard. You have to find ways to pass and use ball screens and get inside. They did not do that at all. Um, they only, I mean, when you're when you're only scoring in the 50s, I mean, you kind of expect that against a Syracuse team, but it's going to be tough to win a game. Period. If you score in the 50s and they just and uh, just got ousted. Like Bridges, how many how many threes did he shoot? Like too in many. The 30s. Yeah, in the 30s. I think it was 37. Yeah, was 37. The, the number, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Me? That that's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. it's a one. Just... It was a one man. Show basically, yeah. but I was trying to get and you led right into it. That's that's where I was at, and if you play that way, you're not gonna you're not gonna win a game. It doesn't matter what seed it's against. But I think no matter what, when you look at it right now, that's a number eleven seed. That, in my opinion, out of any team in the field of sixty eight, Syracuse was the team that did not have a resume to get in the NCAA tournament, and now they're in the Sweet look Sixteen. At them now. Yeah, and they're in the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, I'm I'm not saying like discredit them. They they made it. They won three games. They're already there, but. They probably shouldn't have been in just based off where their where their resume was at and everything else. And to me, 
if you're Michigan State and you lost the Big Ten tournament, you didn't make it to the championship game, and now you lost to a team that was an 11 seed in the tournament in the year that you were supposed to win it all, to me it's a complete failed season. I don't care if you won a Big Ten regular season title. It's it's a failed season. I think it is 100%. Yeah. And I, and I, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I talked to multiple State fans before the season started. Anybody that covered the team, the general census was Final Four bust. I mean, we said mm-hmm. it coming into the year. It was a Final Four bust of this team. This, it was that Izzo team. I mean, this is the this was the team that was supposed to go that far and win that many games, and that's what he's kind of been criticized about is he'll get to March, but he hasn't won another national championship since he won that one. This was the team to do it, and he didn't get it they done. Have, they have the best team on paper like, yeah. in the nation. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, that's what I'm saying. It's it's everybody. You can go. You even, can break it down by position, and it's almost going to be top five everywhere. Just even, going into their, even going into their bench. Mm-hmm. Their bench is really good too. Like, it, and there, there's multiple professional people out there that still like picked Michigan State to win it, even with their, you know, the woes they've had last year where they got ousted in the round of 32, and then they couldn't get past Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. They still thought that this team was going to go all the way, and fi- this is finally when they're going to break through. And I mean, they lost after the first weekend. They didn't get by the first weekend again. I mean, wh- if your time is all right now, like, what do you, what, what's your excuse? You don't have one. I mean. These guys, I think they have more of a men, like mental problems like with their game uh, more than anything because they have the talent. We've seen the talent. They just don't know how to put it on the floor and like work together. Exactly. No, I, I'm 100% with that. I, I think when you play a team like Syracuse, you, you can never really – I don't know. I, I just feel like in, in March against Syracuse, it, I feel like it's always going to be a game – and in my opinion, I know we kind of wanted to get into a little bit. I mean, they're of, a good team. Well, I know, I know, are. I know. We wanted to get into a little like beeline Izzo talk, but um, but I mean, I even think back to when when Michigan had to play Syracuse. I think it was the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Um, they they played them, and it was a game where it was so close, like just all the way. And and yeah, I mean, both both. I mean, Syracuse was ranked a lot a lot, a lot higher in that tournament, but yeah, you, you just think if if it's Michigan playing Syracuse in the same game. You almost get a feeling that Michigan would just kind of figure it out. Like it, yeah. it, it's one of the when you play Syracuse, you kind of just got to figure it out. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna blow the doors off them. You're not gonna do anything crazy. You're not gonna beat them by by thirty most of the time. But it's a team that you kind of just have to figure it out. And Izzo just wasn't able to do that. He's been able to do it to a lot of the teams that he's played against that have had quality players in their team. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at his top three wins this season, and it starts with North Carolina. Great, good win, no doubt. Then it's Purdue at home. I mean, it's a good win, but it's at home again. And then the third best win, according to the the tiers and the top RPI, was Nebraska at home. So when you look at it like that, any team that he had to play on the road or any, even any most of the good teams he played, just it, it couldn't figure it out when a coach came across him that threw something at him differently. And I, I mean, he got out coached by Beeline twice, and he definitely got out coached again against Syracuse. Yep. And th- and that, that's just kind of how it is right now. And okay, and the debate isn't something I want to go in like. For a while, because you could argue and you could go back and forth and say like a hundred different things about why you think what coach is better. It's hard to argue that all time John Beeline is better than Tom Izzo. I think it's a pretty stupid argument. I think Tom Izzo probably wins that no matter what. I mean, he simply just had deeper runs in the tournament, everything else. But when, when you're talking about recently, it's hard for me to accept that you would say that Tom Izzo's done a better job than John Beeline. I don't think you can say that at all. No. Well, I got into this. Maybe I got. I think I did get into this a little bit. Um, Earlier in the in the in the podcast and in past podcasts and stuff like that, just about developing players. I think I think I had that conversation once about mm-hmm. how John Beeline develops his. Well, yeah, he's had more his, his players. He's had more players leave for the NBA early than any other coach in in the in the I mean, just, right now. I mean, just look down look down the list. I, I pulled up the list of, of both teams. Trey Burke 
For, this is all from Michigan. Trey Burke, Jamal Crawford, Tim Hardaway Jr., Karis LeVert, Glenn Robinson, Nick Stauskas, FK Udo, Derek Walton Jr., <laughs> DJ Wilson. That, that's a pretty good list. And then yeah. you flip things over to Michigan State, and it, it's Matt, Const- Matt Costello, Deontay Davis, Bryn Forbes, Draymond Green, Gary Harris, Zach Randolph, and Denzel Valentine. I, I see two people on that list. Yeah. I, I see Draymond Green, and I see a very... A pretty old Zach Randolph. Yeah, I mean you can make the argument for Valentine. He's playing. Yeah. Ba- he's playing basketball for the Bulls right now. Now they're down, but he is he is playing a lot of minutes. But then, but then you, but then you flip things over and, and you look at look at Michigan side of things, and you see the Trey Burks, the 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 Tim Hardaway Juniors, the Karis LeVert. You know, even Nick Stauskas for a little bit was was playing really well. Still um, not the worst, but it's no, not the I worst. Mean, but yeah, struggling a little bit more. A lot of these guys are just turned into. Derek Walton Jr. got his time in, in with, with the Heat. And, yep. But I think that's development. Yeah. It's no. development. I think so, too. It's, and it's just more like, you know, I think the most impressive thing about John as of recently is that, you know, these players leave early and he still reloads. And if you're and the, just the craziest part about the season is that Michigan's still playing right now and Michigan State isn't. Coming into the season 100%, it was Michigan's rebuilding and Michigan State has the best team in the country. And it's just... I mean, one team's playing the Sweet 16 and one team isn't. It's the same way last year. I mean, you can look at it either way, and it's just, it's at some point. It's how it is. Exactly. You just have to stop, like, sticking up for the Michigan State this. It goes the complete opposite way when you talk about football. It's like no matter what, everybody thinks Michigan has to be better because they've had the better program, but really it's been Michigan State for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think it's right now the opposite. It's it's the same exact thing, just the opposite sport. I think it's that way with basketball right now. I mean, Anybody against that? Or? No. So in the in the in the in the occasion that Michigan beats Michigan State in in football this year, are you gonna be pretty up? I mean, are you gonna be pretty frustrated if you hear Spartan fans say, "Wait till basketball season. We're a basketball team." This and that. I mean, I think any Michigan fan should be at that point. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that anybody should like just accept that for something because, in my opinion, Michigan's been a basketball school for the past eight nine years now. I mean, which they've is, been the which NCAA is kind of tournament. Sad with yeah. the height that they've had around football, they get so much. Oh yeah, they got Jim team. Harbaugh. They got Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean you won anything. That's just a coach. So, at the end of the day, it's just like it's just the complete opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. then you look at Mark D'Antonio, and it's like, okay, well, his name's not as big, so we just don't talk about him as much, even though his accomplishments are higher. It's the yeah. same exact thing right now in basketball with Michigan. So. Goes both ways, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think we all agree it's probably not a successful season for Michigan State in anybody's book. Nope, nope. I don't think so. But I think one thing that was definitely at least a, a mediocre success in the football side of things with the Lions here, uh, they end up getting Legarrette Blunt uh, to come over. So you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna congratulate them for going out and getting somebody that actually has a name at running back. Finally, um, you know, just not, not a complete joke. This guy has been good in the past. Uh, he's played for the Patriots, the Eagles last year. He's he's been good. He's been able to you know do things for teams. He's kind of just a big bowling ball uh, that runs people over up the middle. And I think that that could definitely compliment a guy like Matt Stafford well because you know he's able to carry people on his back pretty much. And the Lions have never had an offensive line, so I think when you put those two things together, you're kind of you know you're at least trying to fight it a little bit with having a power back that can get through it. Um, now obviously there's other candidates out there that they could have went and got, but do you guys think that this was the overall right decision? I think I think it was a good one. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say they went out and got a they got a winner. Yeah. Is he gonna three peat? Three feet for this. I, I think you're calling something right now, Elena. Grant, what do you think? Producer, what do you think? What do I think about what? 
exactly. You think Legarrette Blunt's gonna repeat <laughs> again? A, a three, three peat, three peat with the line. Let's do it. I'm all in. He said he's all in. <laughs> just because of Legarrette Blunt. Yeah. Just, all right. Yep. He's I playing like quarterback it. too. You know, after Stafford like breaks his knee or whatever, he's, that's that's the next guy. So. No, but but I, I like this. I like this guy. He he was a guy that that you know went went to camps in, in high school and. Um, you know, got a preferred walk-on offer from Auburn, turned it down, went to JUCO at, at EMCC, and he grinded. Like, he grinded his He's way. He's filling out your hard hat, hard-nosed Detroit-Michigan type of guy is what mm-hmm. you're telling me right That's now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, 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 he worked his butt off to, to get a spot. Yeah. He, and I, and I've, I've talked to players that have gone to, to community college for, for football, for basketball, but for football, they say it is, it's, it's awful. Oh yeah, I covered sports community colleges. Just the way they get treated and the way that it like goes there, it's, it's completely different. And not like, that they have to be 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 pampered all the time. Yeah, that's not that's yeah. not what I'm saying. But it's just like the facilities they play in and stuff, man. It's borderline high school gyms. And the grind is yeah. unreal. It's it's they a lot different. Yeah, it, it is a lot different. It's the same grind that everybody goes at here. Like you know, you could be at Central Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, Western, whatever. It's the same grind for both. I mean, you're still practicing just as much, you're playing just as much, but the difference is the equipment you have to use and stuff like that, and the money mm-hmm. that goes into the programs, and it's a lot different. So that, that's kind of where I'm at with him. Is, is I, I see that, and I see the fact that that he he didn't he didn't get a, a big time scholarship offer, and and I and I haven't looked too deep into it. I'm not sure if he had offers from smaller schools, but he had his eye on a prize, and that's one thing that he had he had his eye on on the prize to play somewhere. That that was a big time school, and he went and got it. And it might have taken him, you know, two two years at a, at a JUCO to get there, mm-hmm. but he got there. And I think that means something. You know, he 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 got to Oregon to mm-hmm. play football, and then and then he goes to Oregon and he gets undrafted. And what does he do? He does it again. He finds a way in a team. He's a he's a proven pro running back now. And now now he is yes. And, that, and, he, and he's been around the league. He's been good and you know whatever else. And that's something that the Lions just never had. They've never had a guy that's like truly proven. At least since this whole Matt Stafford, you know, Calvin Johnson era started and everything. It's just they've never had a guy that has been that good in the backfield with them. I mean, probably the best running back you could think of would be Reggie Bush, I guess, before he got hurt and he didn't do much for him at all. So it's hard to figure it out. But nevertheless, he's a power back, and I like that. I mean. You think that's a good yeah, move to get I, that? I think it's a good move. I mean, until he proves us wrong, I mean, I, th- I think it's good. For sure. And with having that in the backfield, I think that when you don't have a lot of a line, I think having someone that can blow through those guys is good. But they still need someone else to change the pace. I don't think that you can just keep it as a guy that is just a power back because eventually that's going to get old. You can put nine guys in the box. Now, don't get me wrong. Matt Stafford can beat you with your arms. So if you find any kind of running game, this is why they've needed a running game for so long. What I just said simply is that, you know, if you can if you can change it up and start to make teams believe that you can actually run the football, oh my gosh, Matt Stafford could be that much more dangerous for your team. But when you talk about just like Garrett Blunt, it's probably going to be the point where they could stop him. They need to go find a big play running back, in my opinion. They need to find someone that can you know make moves, make cuts, do different things. Now they do have Amir Abdullah on this roster, but he's been injury prone. He's had fumble problems ever since he's been in Nebraska. It's Kind of up and down with him. Theo Riddick, more of a pass catching back. They've never really kind of given him the freedom to be able to try to just be the every down back. Should they go out and try to find somebody in this upcoming draft in the early rounds, like the first couple rounds, to play that big play role? Or do you just try to stick with what you got in your roster right now and hope that Amir Abdullah stays healthy for you? See, that's a, that's a tough question because... It is. It, I think it's a it's, really good question. It's, like, it's almost an unanswerable question. It's such a good question. Like, you don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think if... I think if it's basically it, what if you can break it down and think about it. Do you want to waste one of those early draft picks on something? I wouldn't. I shouldn't say waste. Do you want to use one of those early draft picks on that? 
and think that this player is going to be good enough for you. Okay, if you go out in the fifth round to get a McKellar Shore like they did a few years ago, you're not going to get anywhere with that. You either got to go big or you got to go home here in the draft if you're going to get a running back. You so, go, so what do you do? You go for for Barkley? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm just saying top two rounds. I don't really necessarily care who it is, but if you, if you can get anybody that is quality in those two rounds and actually is a running back that's in that caliber, now I mean, don't go out and just make the wrong pick. Don't just go get the next best guy if mm-hmm. all the good people you already wanted are gone. But if they can get one of the top five, six running backs in this draft, I think it's worth a shot because to me, Amir Abdullah showed me nothing since he's been in Detroit. Yeah, and you do need two backs. I mean, that's important. Oh, definitely. LeGarrette Blount will not be good just by himself. The, when he was at the Patriots, how many different running backs did the Patriots exactly. use? How many different running backs did the Eagles exactly. use? Exactly. LeGarrette Blount will be ineffective unless they can get more running backs in that roster. So I think you gotta go I think you gotta go try to get somebody. Now that doesn't mean Amir Abdullah couldn't beat him out, but I'd rather have Amir Abdullah beating out a guy that could be pushing him to, you know, be better than just having nobody else behind Amir Abdullah and then it's just left to LeGarrette Blount. So who can't catch passes. So you're pretty much just running them up the middle. So you're thinking maybe like second round or or, or first round even as far as getting a, a running back? Yep. I mean, if you're not going to get Barkley. First round would be very, very tough to do because they have some other needs they need. But I think that if second round, I don't think it's too much to ask. How far do you think How far do you think a guy like, like Nick Chubb from Georgia would slip? I mean, is there a chance for second or third round? Uh-huh. Possible. I think second round's possible. Nick Chubb's been around a long time. He's one of those like you know. I mean, he was. He seems like the player. that's like the eighth year senior playing on a football team. He's like, like the, I swear he's like I've the been hearing his name. of Kansas. Exactly. Like I swear I've been hearing his name since. I remember I was watching the the championship and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's still playing on the team. Yeah. Like what? I mean, they had another running back too. That was pretty good for him. But no, if he slips to the second round, and it's I think it's very possible because teams tend to let that kind of slide up when a player's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's already got a lot of years under his belt. Because, I mean, the lifespan of running back isn't that long. If he's played four years of college football already, I mean, some people are kind of like, I don't know, man, like it, it might already, you know, not be as not be as good as he could have been or maybe he should have left earlier or whatever. I don't know. I think that I think Nick Chubb would be a good is he a too good much candidate. like Is he too much like LeGarrette Blunt though? That's the other thing. Yeah. When you, when you said Nick Chubb right away, I kind of thought about that too. Um, you definitely want to get somebody that isn't the same, like similarities. I think you want somebody with more speed. So, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a bad yeah. pick, though. I think if you can get Nick Chubb in the second round, I think you probably got to take him. I think Nick Chubb could be a good running back in the NFL. So, I I agree. You need to go out and get more. And if if he challenges Abdul to be better, then then good. For sure. And I think that no matter what, that's going to make your team better if you go and get somebody to challenge him. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with it. That's. I think it was a good move. That's music um, to my ears right there. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a running back, I think period is a good move, and I think that if they can get somebody to counter it, it'll be a successful move. If they don't, I mean, prove me wrong, but I think it's going to be a, a very, very tough ship for them to be able to do that. But last topic here we'll do on the show today um, will be in basketball, uh, the M- NBA MVP. This words just sound too <laughs> close together for me to say it right every single time. But the getting on the end of the season here, so you guys are looking at the race and who – who you think is going to get it or earn it the best. And, I mean, some people think of it as, you know, your team gets the most wins, and you led your team to the most wins, so that's the most important thing. Some people say, well, he's got all the best stats in the league. He can't help that his team sucks, so, you know, he should probably be the top guy. I mean, what really makes it an MVP candidate for you guys? For me, I think I always want to go off the best player because if you – I always think if you're going to put them on the floor together, one-on-one, who's going to win? That's your MVP. Mm-hmm. Anybody because but Dwayne Wade, though. I'm not going to say Dwayne Wade's my MVP. 
He in my heart, he's my MVP. But I had to say it, didn't you? <laughs> but no, I mean like, and I'm not even being biased. I, I love LeBron. I'm not being biased. Well, I'm a little biased, but like, <laughs> but I don't think you can deny that LeBron is the best player in the NBA every year, and and I mean James Harden, yeah, he's having a crazy year, but so is LeBron. Look, he's uh, averaged a triple double the last 25 games. So I mean, you can't you can't ignore that. And James Harden's team's better, yeah, but I think if you take James Harden off of the Rockets, they're still going to be a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. If you take LeBron off any of the teams he's been on the last couple of years. Did they make the playoffs? There's, like, proof, there's proof of that, of them struggling. You mean you're yeah, right. Yeah, like, I mean, last year, even when they had Kyrie, like, when LeBron was in on the floor, they couldn't do anything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you take I think, LeBron off this team right here he has right now, and they, I don't think they win a game. I think something else to look at, too, is the amount of games that people play. Like, he's been in all 71. Exactly. I mean, he's never been out. He started every game. Steph Curry, who's, like, still in the conversation, technically, has played 50 games this year. Exactly. That's a 21-game difference. Mm-hmm. That's almost like to where you should be disqualified, in my opinion. You shouldn't be in there yeah, now. You should, you should definitely have to pay uh, the a, majority A good of amount the game. of games. The yeah, majority. Like, like, you can miss a couple, huh? Yeah, exactly, but not all of them. And, I mean, like, yeah, James Harden, 63, that's still enough. I mean, at that, at that point, you could still win it off of that. I think that he definitely makes a good argument for it, but I'm 100% on your side there. I think that LeBron James is the best player every year. And I think sometimes it's just the NBA trying to change it up so it's simply not yeah, the they, same player every single year. They like, yeah, they get bored of it, and that's not that's not fair to LeBron. Exactly, and I think that I think statistically everything else. I mean, he's he's always there, he's always right at the top, and like overall, he's kind of got the best statistics. So to me, it's hard to argue LeBron James any season. And I mean, yeah, his team isn't winning as much now. I will go out there and I'll say that I think that winning uh, does have something to do with it because if you're truly the most valuable player on your team, well, then you're the player that's responsible for them getting wins. Yeah. So I think that when you you know look at it in that way, um, he definitely hasn't done the best job of that this year. I mean, they've kind of had a, a slide this year. You have their, to think about whole, it. Like, they did, like, switch up. I mean, they switched their, basically their whole team. Their whole team, through, yeah, so. but that's because it wasn't working, I guess. True, true. So I, I don't know if, if you can really you – know, I don't think you can put all that on his shoulders because, like – Simply can't control everything. But at the end of the day, I still think LeBron James is my MVP this season. LeBron James is my MVP as well. He's the best player. He, he's the best player. Day yeah. in and day out, he is the best player. He never had, like, his off nights are people's best nights of their like, lives. Yeah. So. yeah. And he's not He's not going to win it, though. No. He I won't think, give it to him. I think 100% it's going to be James Harden. Yeah. It'll be year. James Harden yep. all day. Exactly. And it, and it's kind of crappy that it is that way, but I think it's simply just, again, like we've talked about the All-Star game and everything else, a lot of this is just like the popularity contest in the NBA, and I think that they just want to change it up and make it different and you know not just give it to the same person. And James Harden has had a good enough season to make an argument with LeBron mm-hmm. James with their wins and losses as well that you'll just I, th- I think it's going to end up going to him. Yep, I agree. James Harden all the way. Yeah, and should I, be LeBron. <laughs> should be LeBron. It should be LeBron every year. It should. There should never be a year where LeBron James doesn't win it unless exactly. he's injured. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. He's never injured. He plays every game. I know. He start- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how many how many games does he miss total in his career? You don't career? want him to be like Dwayne Wade now, do you? Stop that. <laughs> how many games total does he miss? Does anybody know that number? I forget what it is exactly. In what? In like his career. Oh, it's gosh, like an insanely it's like an insanely like low number he's missed like in his career. The dude just doesn't miss games, and if he does miss them, it's because he sits them out because he's getting himself ready for the playoffs because he knows his team's in it. And it's his it's his fifteenth season, and he's still playing like he's like playing the best he's played like in a, like probably forever. Yeah, you know. he is. It's almost like the, it's right almost now. like the Tom Brady effect. Like yeah. 
this guy just doesn't age. Like, he's just still that good, and he's this old. It's hard to make an argument even against that. And obviously, I don't think you can let, like, age come into your decision. But at the end of the day, if he's still able to put up the same numbers as, like, some of these other guys, man, it, it would just, it, like, makes you almost, and, like, feel crappy that he doesn't get it. Some of these guys, like, they, they get old, they get injured, they fall off. Mm-hmm. Stop. But LeBron doesn't. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. You looked at me. I know. It was the. It was it just was the, the, the the talk. You know, you couldn't ignore it. You know. That. I don't know what you mean, but I just know that that <laughs> LeBron he he he's he's a machine, man. He is a a well oiled, fine tuned machine. You know, dang well he's still gonna get his team to the finals. Oh yeah. I'd bet on it any oh, yeah. day of the week. And oh, people try sure. to tell me every day that nope, this year it's gonna be different. People that watch the NBA a lot more than I do. Tell me every day that, no, this is going to be the season that he doesn't actually make it, and you it's just, not going to happen. I disagree 100%. And playoff LeBron gets better than regular season That's what I'm LeBron. saying. So I think <laughs> yeah. once it, get, it gets that time of the year, he's just going to turn it on again. That dude can beat teams by himself. So when he wants something bad enough, he's going to get there. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to beat Golden State, but I think that he's just going to get there and play against the Warriors. So, so. You're, so you're think, you think the Warriors are going to beat? What, in the I, NBA I have, Finals? Yeah. Yes, I think they will. So, yep. I mean... I, I mean, okay. Who do you I, think? I, I, think I mean, there, no, I, I think there's an argument this year. No, I no, think, I think so too. I, I think I've said that since the beginning argument. of the season. And I hope. I mean, actually, no. If I would like LeBron to beat the Warriors, but I, I mean, I don't think that Cleveland has the team to beat him right now. But yeah, it's I just not know. enough. I, don't know. I guess you're right. Probably, probably. Well, yeah, worst. it'll probably be Golden State. But no, you're you're definitely right. There are teams out there that I mean, Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. can beat them. Yeah, I, and I still think that I don't think they will, but I still think OKC is a pretty yeah, darn exactly. good team too, all the way around. Anybody that has Russell Russell Westbrook on their team, I mean, you can you can win a series. So, mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, when they had Katie, they were a game away from it. But end of the day, uh, yeah, I just think I think Golden State's still too much over there. You're right. I mean, we'll see what happens, but no, I mean, yeah, for I sure. Think you're right. And and I think you know I, it's going to be hard to make an argument against James Harden to not win it just with where it's at right now. I, I think the prob the probability that I have on basketball reference is seventy point nine percent. That's crazy high over anybody else. So, yeah, I don't know, but I think James Harden's going to win it. But I think LeBron James should. I think we're all in agreement yep. there, which is uh, not not the most usual thing. But we'll wrap up <laughs> yeah. uh, wrap up the show now with our stud and duds of the week. Evan, who's your stud? Yeah, so my stud is Central Michigan. Chippewas women's basketball team, they, they, they they've been good all season long, and I, I think a lot of people don't don't give them enough credit. So they they go to the MAC tournament, and it was it was three close games against Eastern Michigan, Miami Ohio, and Buffalo. All three super close, went down to the wire. Um, honestly, could have could have lost either of them. To 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 be honest, I mean all, all three of those games they could have ended up losing, but they were able to hang in there and and, and get. Get some big wins in the MAC tournament to secure a bid to the to the NCAA tournament, and you know they they, they beat LSU by mm-hmm. nine, and then they go play Ohio State, who's a three seed um, in the Spokane region, and and they just they, they absolutely handed it to them. I mean, they absolutely handed it to them. Ninety five seventy eight. It it wasn't even close. It was it was close in the in the in the first quarter. But they outscored Ohio State in the second quarter, twenty-five to six, and this is an Ohio State team that 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 they were good. They were the Big Ten. They were the team in the Big Ten. They they were right there, and and they just Central Michigan was too much, and they don't get enough credit. Tanara Moore, Raina Frost, Presley Hudson, Michaela Kelly, Cassie Breen, th- those players they don't get enough credit for for being on as, as good of a team as they are. And Sue Guevara doesn't get it as much of a, as much credit as she should. 
as a as a head coach. So I, I got to give them all the love right now. Um, they're they're my stud. It's obvious they've been playing outstanding. They got yeah. Oregon on Saturday, so we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just seeing it happen for that team now that I you know don't cover them, don't have to write about them. It just kind of feels good to like watch them win and see them do that good because mm-hmm. you know watching it last year and like being that B, I did it by myself. Just every they were I was like the only person they knew I just kind of knew how they felt when they lost in the first round of the MAC tournament last year and like they knew they should have been a team that was in the NCAA tournament could have been better than that it's really good to see him go on and win like this feel good for, for her sure. and, and she's definitely in my opinion the best coach at this university so she's done a done a great job uh, with it's that team even, it's not even close I don't think it's even close either she might be one of the best coaches to ever come through it, it just makes me laugh you know just think about how humble she was always calling herself a recycled coach that got a chance to come here and now she's like Everybody's favorite at this university, so it's it's a it's a really good story that's still still going right now. I mean, now, it's so. Sue and Bono, yeah, one and two, yeah, for sure, definitely. I think those Let's two are at the top. At the top, yep. But yeah. all right, um, great, great stud you had there. Um, my stud is Jordan Poole. I think it's kind of hard to deny that he wasn't studly the other night. Yeah, he that last second three pointer to put him over the top. So and knock you out and knock me out. Yep, <laughs> yep, absolutely. No, yeah, I, that that was that was phenomenal. How about, and, how about Mo Wagner though? Dude, he did run it when after they were running. Yes, the yes, court, yes. Talk that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a, that, that was, that's a that that's a stud that's stud thing too. too. And I just thought about that and that that's, that's also stud worthy. That was good. Yeah. Also stud worthy. Let's go back. You know, I, and I wrote about this. You know, let's let's go back. You go back two possessions. How about Abdul Rockman has a, a chance to make a, a shot to put him in the lead, misses it. Then he has a chance at an easy layup, easy mm-hmm. layup, wide open, rolls off the rim. So he gets the ball at midcourt, and you know he could completely make the wrong decision and just try to heave it from half court, get it himself, and not think to look the other way. And instead, he gives it up to a freshman to continue his senior career. Kid hits the shot. I mean that that to me like it just says a lot about where that team's at and how much they all truly believe in each other. I think that's been a lot of the reason why they're so good and why they've been as good as they've been. Here's my thing: Zach Irvin doesn't pass that off. Nope, probably not. <laughs> Derek Walton Jr. Uh, no, Derek Walton. That's why I said Derek Walton Jr. Maybe passes that off. But he maybe. was the guy that was asked to take the shot. You know, by the, by the time that Michigan, by the time that Michigan was going through the Sweet Sixteen and stuff. Oh last no, year, no, yeah, I know, I know that he was one hundred percent. Like I'm saying, that there's there's a difference, like because. But I'm just saying, if, if Zach Irvin is in that position that he's in, you know how Zach Irvin wanted to play oh, yeah. the ball all the oh, time. Yeah. Zach Irvin in that position, if he's Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman right there, does he pass the ball? No, you take the shot. All day. 100%. You, you, not a lot of players would think about it, but I'm just saying that's what's different about this Michigan team. And that's team what I'm saying. That's why that, that's anybody what I'm else. I and mean, I from think even from last year. Yeah. Oh, well, they're 100% a different team than they were a year ago. It's all been point guard oriented when, when Michigan really ends up being that good and making runs. It was Derek Walton getting hot. Then the one year it was Trey Burke getting hot. They always have that guy that seems to lead them and get them that far. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just different right now. It's, it's, it's not... Now, Mo Wagner is the best player in this team, and he is still the guy that they go to a lot, or they'll go to Rockman to get to the hole and get a point. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just it seems like every single game there's a different person that ices yeah. it away for him or gets a win. It's just completely different. That, that's what's not, so much fun about this team. And not that they were they were that good as as a team when they had they basically had guys like like Darius Morris, and they had a guy they had a, a guy like Manny Harris. Mm-hmm. Not that they were as good as these teams are now, but when they had their their fair share of, of upsets during the season or. It might not have been the the greatest season. They might not have made a deep postseason run, but they still got upsets and they still beat big teams from time to time when they had those point guards that were able to excel. So I I, I see what you're saying right there. Yeah, I, it's I'm just with it's that. a completely different team and it's a lot of fun to watch. And you know I wouldn't mind watching them some more. So we'll see what they do tonight. But uh, you're done. Yeah. So 
Thankfully, it's not the Lions because I thought for a little bit my dud was going to have to be the Lions at this one. Frank Gore, um, you know, getting picked up by the Dolphins. I, I thought for sure that the Lions were were going to get him before they got Legarrette Blunt, and I was just like, I was I was sitting in my room and I was just thinking like about a dud for 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 this show, and I, I was just thinking after we got done talking last week, I was like, you know, if the Lions if the Lions do pick him up, I I got to I got to make the Lions my dud because that'd be so awful. So. For the Dolphins, you're my dud. You just picked up a. I don't even know. He's just old. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins have of, always kind of just been a dud in general. You, you know, picked so. up just a bunch of, I don't know, dry bones. He's not even really, I don't know. He's not really relevant anymore. So I think that was just a, a pointless signing. Go buy yourself dinner or something. <laughs> For sure. Lena? Uh, my uh, my dud is going to be Michigan State because, yet again, they, they didn't live up to their – uh, high hopes and expectations, so dud. For sure. And uh, my uh, my my dud of the uh, tournament, or actually, I, I never even said my stud. I never said either one. I went okay. right to you because we started talking about Michigan so much. So I'll just say my stud and my dud, and they just kind of go vice versa. Um, my, my stud is UMBC, and I bet no one knew what that name meant for the tournament. It was hard for me to pick between, you know, the Loyola Chicago story, because that's pretty phenomenal, too, with everything that's going on there. But I just got – it's the number 16 seed. It's the first time that they've beaten a, a number one seed. And, you know, when you go uh, one in 135, that's something that's pretty memorable and uh, mm-hmm. something you're never going to forget. They're the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and their uh, their mascot is the Retrievers. So I have a golden retriever, so – you know, personally, my dog was probably pretty happy about the win. But <laughs> at the end of the day, great, great story. I mean, that next game, though, I don't know if you guys watched it at all. Uh, yeah, UMBC I, and Kansas yeah. State, that was one of the worst basketball games I think I've ever watched. It was like 40 to 40. I, I thought the score was going to end in the 40s. I was like, this is terrible. But nevertheless, they almost found their way into the Sweet 16, and that would have been an even crazier story. So good on them. But my dad is just the opposite, uh, Virginia, because – for one, you lost to number 16 seed, so it's obvious why they're my dud. But two, every year they do this. Like, you'll pick them to go so far because they have these great records in the regular season, and then they'll just lose. And when you lose to 20 points by, you know, what's supposed to be one of the worst teams in the tournament, that's just not – I mean, that's not good. I mean, when, when, yeah. when you're number one seed and the next opponent that's number nine seed holds them to 43 points and you allowed 74 to them, that's just I, – I think that really says it all. Complete, mm-hmm. complete dud performance. I mean – pathetic to think about. But Very dud-worthy. Yeah, yeah, I think I think 100%. Virginia, you're pretty much a dud in the NCAA tournament every year, so they'll, they'll get it from me this week, but that'll do it for us. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, you can find it on, you know, CM Life every single week, or you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. So make sure you guys are downloading, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.